If you take your Bible and let's turn to the Gospel of John, chapter number 1. Gospel of John, chapter number 1. <clears throat> we are in the season approaching Christmas. And we need to understand that the life of Jesus did not begin at His physical conception, nor at His birth. God's Word tells us that the Lord Jesus had a very active life before He ever came to earth. It's important that we understand this because it helps us to grasp just who the Lord Jesus Christ is, who He truly is. And I guess you could say that to begin with, we're going to be considering a genealogy of sorts. Uh, we know a genealogy is a record of where someone came from. Uh, my, my wife likes to trace ours. She's got all kinds of work that she's done tracing our genealogy. And... Um, but we see in Scripture there are two earthly genealogies that are given for Jesus in Scripture. One is in Matthew 1 and the other one is in Luke chapter number 3. Now, we know a genealogy is one of those lists with all the begats in it that everybody skips over when they're Bible reading. Come on, you know you do. <laughs> you don't read all those begats. Uh, but uh, we, we know that the two, two genealogies are there. And we find in Matthew 1, Luke 3, they deal with Jesus' human genealogy. Matthew's genealogy begins with Abraham and ends with Joseph. It ends with Joseph in this fashion. It says in Matthew 1, 16, And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Now the reason why it ends that way is because Mary was a virgin when she became pregnant with Jesus. Matthew rightfully lists Joseph only as the husband of Mary, not the father of Jesus. It's important for us to understand that uh, Joseph was not the earthly father of our Lord and Savior. Matthew's genealogy gives Jesus legal or royal lineage, we could say, through Joseph. And this shows that Jesus is related to all Jews and is the rightful heir to David's throne. And then uh, Luke's genealogy begins with Christ and works all the way back to Adam showing that Jesus is related to all human beings. The reason it is different than Matthew's genealogy is because it, it is Mary's genealogy. Both Mary and Joseph were direct descendants of David. So, uh, having said all that, here in John 1, verses 1 through 5, we see Jesus, what I call His true genealogy. His true genealogy. Jesus came down from heaven. Amen. Where, where He was and is the Word. Let's take a look at John chapter number 1, verse number 1. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now skip down to verse number 11, where it tells us, it, it joins this word with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It says in verse number 11, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not, but as many as received Him, to, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the Word, there's the Word, 
again, and the Word was made flesh, that's Jesus, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus came down from heaven where He was and is the Word. Why is He called the Word? Well, think about the purpose of words. We use words all the time, don't we? Uh, We use words to communicate. If we want to understand who someone is, we talk to them and do our best to listen to the words that they use. Now, sometimes it's like pulling eye teeth trying to find out who somebody is. You'll ask questions and you'll get the runaround. They'll they'll kind of dodge the questions that you're asking them. And uh, it makes you wonder what they got to hide when they do something like that. But Jesus didn't have anything to hide. And, you know, if I, as a speaker, want, to, want you to visualize an object, then I must select words to help form an image in your mind. And uh, if, if, if I want you to have an idea of who I am or what I am like or how I feel, one of the best ways to communicate that is by the use of words. Now, God wants us to understand who He is. He has given us not only His written Word, and I praise God that we have the written Word, amen, the entire Word of God, it was given to us, and what a blessing we have to, to be able to own a copy of the Word of God. But He not only gave us His written Word, but He also sent us His incarnate Word. That word, don't get scared of that word incarnate, it just means He came in the flesh, amen. Hey, the Word was made flesh, is what it says here. Um, the Emmanuel was prophesied by Isaiah, the God with us. Jesus, according to Matthew chapter number 2, is that God with us. I mean, He's the God with us. Now, understand that uh, um, uh, he's, He is the, the Lord Jesus Christ is God in the flesh and therefore the express image of who God is. In fact, I want you to hold your place there in John. Turn uh, with me to uh, Hebrews chapter number 1. Hebrews chapter number 1. And I want us to see here uh, three verses. Hebrews chapter 1, look at verse number 1. Hebrews 1, verse number 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, talking about Jesus, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. We'll refer back to this here in just a minute, okay? By whom also he made the worlds. Just remember, I said we're going to look back at it. Verse number 3. Who being the brightness of his glory. He's, Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. okay, And the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Uh, We see there, uh, he communicates to us who God is. Jesus does. In fact, uh, in John chapter 14, verses 8 and 9, Philip said unto the Lord, Jesus Christ, he said, uh, Show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. And Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? And he said these words. Listen to what he said. He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. 
If you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. Okay? We know more about God because God is revealed to us through the one called the Word, the very Son of God. And I want us to consider what Scripture has to say here in our text in John chapter number 1. First of all, we see Christ's preexistence. His preexistence. Remember, I told you, his, his beginning was not at Bethlehem. That's not where His beginning was at. Uh, he didn't have a beginning because He's the eternal, everlasting Son of God. Look at John chapter 1, verse number 1 again. It says there, In the beginning was the Word. John chapter 1, verse number 2, The same was in the beginning with God. If we're, if we're going to worship someone, don't you agree that the object of our worship ought to be far superior to us? Amen. For each of us, there's a specific time that we all started living. At conception, we became alive in our mother's womb. However, for Jesus, there was no such starting time. Jesus was very much alive before he was ever conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of his mother Mary. The Lord Jesus Christ is eternal God incarnate, eternal God in the flesh. He has always existed. He is far superior to us. In fact, the first 10 chapters, if you take time to go look at the first 10 chapters of the book of Hebrews, it actually points out Christ's superiority, how he is superior. It talks about in in the verses that we read that he's better than the prophets. (laughs) You know, uh, he came and he revealed God to us personally. He is superior to the angels in in Hebrews 1, verse number 4 through chapter number 2, verse 18. He's better than Moses, according to Hebrews 3. He's better than Joshua, according to Hebrews 4, verses 1 through 13. He is... His priesthood is better than Aaron's, according to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through chapter 7, verse 28. His ministry is better than Aaron's, according to Hebrews 8. And his offering that he offered there on the cross of Calvary is far superior to those offerings. Every offering, all of them combined, could not equal what Christ did on the cross. All of the Old Testament offerings, he's superior in his offering for our behalf. And that's found in Hebrews 9 and 10. But here in John 1 1, as it's in the beginning was the Word. Now, this beginning goes back before creation and to eternity past. And that's because the Word was there. When it says in the beginning was the Word, was here means that He was continuing. There was never a time when Jesus did not exist. In fact, the prophet Micah tells us as much. In his prophecy regarding the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's the one that, that prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. In fact, uh, he was the uh, his prophecy was the one that the uh, the Jewish leaders went to when they were uh, consulted by Herod. Herod. You know, the wise men came from the east, and they were they were looking for the king of the Jews, and and he called together the uh, the uh, the leaders there to say, "When you where is this savior supposed to be born? Where is this one supposed to be born?" And and they quoted Micah five two that says, "But thou Bethlehem Ephrathah." That, that though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, listen, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Everlasting. 
Everlasting eternity backwards. So I don't understand that. I don't either. It's beyond you and me, okay? But trust me, the, the Lord did not have a beginning. His beginning on the earth may have been at Bethlehem, but He is eternal God. Colossians chapter 1 verse 17 tells us, and He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. Revelation chapter number 22 and verse 13, the, the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ as He was seen by uh, John the Revelator. He, he told uh, John, He said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. So we see Christ's preexistence. We see Christ's presence also there in verse number 1 and verse number 2. It says in John 1, 1 also, it says, And the Word was with God. And John 1 and verse 2 says the same was in the beginning with God. Jesus was with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit in eternity past in heaven. He was present. Amen. The idea here is that He was on the same level with them. It's an idea that we find in what we call the Trinity. And you say, well, the Trinity is not in Scripture. The concept is there. The Word may not be there, but one God expressed in three persons. He said, well, where do you get that from? Well, get it from the very first chapter of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It said, and God said, let us. God said, let us. Who's the us? God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Okay? You've got, you've got God there. Not three gods, one God. God said, the, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And it says down in Genesis 1.27, So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Now, if you or I were ushered into the very presence of God this morning, we'd be on our face. Uh, I, I, we, we could not be on the same level as he and, and uh, you know nobody else that you know is on the same level but Jesus on the other hand was able and is able to look at God the Father face to face because he is on the same level he said in John 10.30 I and my Father are one I and my Father are one think of this the very Son of God was and is on equal level with the Father just as much God. And he left his position with the Father to be born of a virgin and to go to the cross to die for our sins so that we could have eternal life. He said, well, I don't understand that Trinity thing. I don't understand it either, but the concept is in Scripture. And we must believe that Jesus is very God. He's very God. Now, he's not a separate God from God the Father and God, God the Holy Spirit. No, one, there's one God manifested in three persons. And uh, that's how Scripture uh, gives that to us. Philippians chapter number 2 and uh, uh, verses 5 through 9 talk about uh, uh, our, what, what Jesus became for us. The very Son of God was and is equal with the Father and He left his position with the Father to be born of a virgin to go to the cross to die for our sins so that we could have eternal life. Listen to Philippians 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. 
And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. So we see Christ's preexistence. We see his presence. Third thing I want us to see is we see Christ's position. There in verse number 1, it says again, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God. Notice the last phrase there. The Word was God. And the Word was God. There are many who deny the deity of Christ. Now, Jesus was not God. In fact, you'd be surprised that the, uh, the number of people who claim to be born again that do not believe that Jesus was God. Uh, I'm sorry, but Jesus is God. <laughs> And this verse is stating that Jesus is, is very indeed God. And uh, Isaiah 9 verse 6 that prophesies of the birth of, of Christ into this world says, For unto us a child is born, unto us the Son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You might have heard someone say, Well, Jesus never claimed to be God. But that's not true. You're there in John. Turn with me to, over to chapter number 8. For just a minute. John chapter number 8. And we're going to look at several verses here. Um, once you see this, John chapter number 8. Look at verse number 18 and 19. This is Jesus speaking here. He says in verse 18, John 8, 18, I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me bear, beareth witness of me. And said that they then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. Look at, look at chapter, verse 23 in the same chapter. And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath, talking about from the earth. He says, I am from above. Ye are of this world. I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. And then said they unto them, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning, I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They, they understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Now, let's skip down to verse 56. Right there near the end of the chapter. Look at verse 56. And he's rebuking them here. And he says, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. In other words, the Lord revealed to Abraham that the Savior was going to be coming into the world. That's what it's talking about there. Look at verse 57. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then took they up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went, through a, uh, went out of the temple, uh, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Listen, the Jews understood there that Jesus was claiming to be the I am. How important is that? Well, the, the I am refers to the Lord God Jehovah. 
the pre-existent God that revealed himself to Moses in Exodus 3, verse 13 and 14. That's what that refers to. He says, I am. Remember, Moses said, well, if I go to Pharaoh, you know, if I go to the, uh, to the uh, uh, children of Israel, who, who do I say sent me? He says, you tell them I am has sent you. Uh, he's the self-existent one, the, the pre-existent God. Josh McDowell is author of many books. I got, uh, I think, two or three in, in my library by him. He, one of the books that he wrote is More Than a Car- Carpenter, talking about Jesus, More Than a Car- Carpenter. He, and he said there are only three possibilities as to the identity of Jesus. Listen to this close. Okay? Uh, he is, first of all, he was a liar because of his claims to be God. I mean, if he's not really God, he claimed to be God, so you've got to say he lied. So are you calling Jesus a liar this morning if you say he's not God? Or he was a lunatic. He was a madman. He was insane, disillusioned, and self-deceived. He just thought he was God. Are you willing to tell Jesus that's what he was? He's either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he is Lord. He is who he claimed to be. God come down from heaven, manifest in the flesh, and his life proved that he was indeed Lord God. Do you believe that Jesus is God? Be careful how you address Him. Don't joke about Him. Uh, be careful that you not take His name in vain and use it as a cuss word or by word as many people in our society do today. So we've seen Christ's preexistence, His presence, His position. And thirdly, I want us to see back in our text, uh, we see Christ's power. There in verse number 3, it says, All things were made by Him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Well, I thought Genesis says in the beginning God created. Yep. Jesus. Jesus is God. In the beginning, he was the instrument. But look at uh, Colossians chapter number 1. Book of Colossians chapter 1. And the Apostle Paul also uh, gives us this information and makes it very clear that Jesus is the one that created He's the instrument of creation. Colossians 1, verse number 16 and 17. And he's talking about, if you look, read the context of this, you understand he's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and verse number 16 says, For by him were all things created. Now, what, how, what does all things mean? It means all. All means all, and that's all that all means. I mean, all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Now remember I told you we got, I was going to bring back up a little phrase out of Hebrews 1 again. Hebrews 1 and verse number 2. So it's, it talks about the Son, and these hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Jesus, creator God. God created the universe through his word, the one who is his Son. So Christ was the instrument of creation. Now we can't really fathom how large the universe is. Even the expert astronomers 
Can't tell you. Because uh, they haven't seen the end of it. By the time they think they've seen the end of it, they make a more powerful telescope and they see a little more of it. <laughs> Heaven full of galaxies upon galaxies and full of all sorts of stars and planets and other heavenly bodies. The Lord Jesus Christ created all of that plus all the flowers, plants, animals, insects, large and small. He created us, mankind. Psalm 139, verse 14, that's why the the psalmist said, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. We've already seen that Jesus is God and therefore he is all powerful. If you're God, you're all powerful. Colossians 2, verse 9 says, For in him, in Christ, dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The fullness of the Godhead bodily. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, He says, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So we've seen Christ's preexistence. We've seen Christ's presence, His position and His power. Then I want us to see, last of all, we see His provision. See Christ's provision there in verse number 4 and 5 of our text. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Before Jesus was born into the world, he had two qualities mentioned that here that he has shared with man. These are his provisions for us. Christ has provided us life. There are three aspects of life that Jesus gave to man. In the beginning, he gave man physical life. Physical life. Uh, he, he breathed in the man's nostrils <laughs> the breath of life and man became a living soul in Genesis 2 and verse number 7. Because he is creator, he has given each of us life. Not only physical life, but he, he's the one that gives us spiritual life. Spiritual life. Now see, something happened there in the Garden of Eden. Something bad. Man sinned. And with that sin, he died spiritually. And he began to die physically that day. Man lost that spiritual life. But Jesus came to give us that spiritual life. In fact, Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 1 says, And you hath he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Our, our trespasses and sins meant that we were spiritually dead. But Christ has brought us spiritual life when we believe on Him. And with that spiritual life comes the third life, eternal life. It comes along with that spiritual life. When we receive spiritual life from Jesus, we receive eternal life. Jesus came to earth with eternal life, but He didn't only come with eternal life, He came to give eternal life. Have you turned one one last place here. Look at John chapter number 3. You're, you're, you're right there. If you're still in John 1, you're real near it. Okay, John 3. Look at verse number 16. One of the, one of the first verses I memorized as a child. But I want to look, take a look at three verses here. Verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have Everlasting life. There's that eternal life that God gives. That the Lord Jesus Christ gives. Verse 17. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He, he, 
He wants us to have that spiritual life, that eternal life that comes only from Him. Verse 18, He that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. What does somebody have to do in order to be lost? Nothing. You just be born in Adam and you're lost unless you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and get saved. You have to come to Him and be saved. Christ has provided us life. Secondly, Christ has provided us light. L-I-G-H-T. John 1 verse 4 says, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. With His life comes His light. Jesus is God, and God is light. Amen? It says in 1 John 1 verse 5, This then is the message which we have heard of Him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. God is light. This old world is entrenched in the darkness of sin. I don't have to tell you that. It's very obvious day to day as we walk about it. Jesus came into the world to give it light. He came to point people to the God of light. John 8 verse 12 said, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. That light and that life is joined together. Amen. John tells us in John 1 verse 5 here, The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. How sad. Jesus walked around here for a space of about 33 and a third, 33 and a half years, and ministered three and a half of those, and yet there were those who had Jesus right before them didn't recognize Him. Didn't recognize Him. Wouldn't recognize Him. The light came to this world and He shined in the darkness but by and large the world did not comprehend and does not comprehend or understand Him. So this morning we've seen Christ before His birth. We've seen His preexistence, His presence, His position, His power, and His provision. Listen my friend, our physical life came from Him. But have you received His spiritual life that gives you eternal life? He is both the life and the light that is needed for the darkness that sin causes in man's soul. Don't let Satan keep you trapped in your sin because you can't comprehend God. You say, well, I just can't understand that Trinity thing. I don't understand Jesus being God and yet He was in the flesh. Satan wants to keep you blinded. He wants to keep you blinded to, to who Jesus is. Come to Jesus today for your eternal salvation. If you do, He will turn on the light in your soul and give you the life that you need. Now if you are a child of God, you have both life and light that Christ has provided for you. Is that light in you shining so that God is getting the glory out of your life pointing others to Him. We know that in Matthew 5 and verse number 14, when the Lord Jesus Christ was uh, preaching the Sermon on the Mount, He said these words about the light. He says, ye are, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light... What's our light? Our light came from the light, Him. Amen. 
Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. If we do have the life and light, we're supposed to be shining. How brightly are you shining this morning? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for this blessed truth that we've seen here in the Gospel of John. The blessed truth of, of the Christ of Christmas, yes, who was before Christmas. Lord, I pray today for those that are here. Lord, I can't know the heart, but I know that you can. Lord, if there's somebody here that doesn't know Christ, they don't have that light and life from Him. Help them to come today and receive both life and light from Jesus Christ. Those of us that do know Christ, we have that life. We have that light. But are we hiding that light under a bushel? Or are we shining so that others can see Jesus? Help us to do our part. You've given us the Great Commission and told us to go. Help us during this Christmas season to be shining lights for you, testifying to the truth and the reality of who the Jesus, the Christ of Christmas, truly is. God in the flesh. God manifest in the flesh. God with us. Lord, have your way in this invitation this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.